Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Hail fellow caravaner. You're the caravan from Tiba, are you not? I heard they were sending out a new caravan. You seem quite capable. My name is Solrat. I'm captain of the caravan from the great fortress at Alphateria. Our caravan boasts a history that stretches back thousands of years. But well, let us discuss that some other time. Steltskin, do you have a moment? This is the caravan from Tiba. Come on, say hello. Allow me to introduce Stiltskin. He may not look it, but he is a seasoned adventurer. Even we turn to him for counsel from time to time. No, I'm just a Moogle that likes to get around. I learned all sorts of things in my travels and before I knew it. I'm on my way somewhere right now, but I can teach you a thing or two if you'd like. Well, I'm sure he'll do just fine. By the way, are you sitting out all by yourself, Koopa? You've got a lot on your shoulders, Koopa. Let me carry the crystal chalice for you, Koopa. Ah, yes, a capital proposal. Let Mog help you. Be careful out there. You don't want to get in over your head. Class is in session for this special first anniversary episode of RPG University, and I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the university the first returning guest to the university, voice actor extraordinaire, and also now a very fun, amazing Twitch streamer, Mr. Sean Chiplock. Welcome back, Sean. Thank you for... Hello. Thanks for coming back on. Thank you. I noticed you just said returning guest instead of guest professor, which makes me sad because I was going to be like, hey, the mention of Reen there, Trails of Cold Steel 3, let's go, baby. But it's okay. I'm very glad to be back. How have you been, my friend? Doing well. Just uh, staying healthy and keeping myself busy and planning a wedding and all that jazz. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, I've definitely been staying busy. I looked back over my schedule the last couple of weeks, and um, I actually am not exaggerating when I say that since July 14th, there, there was a bit of a sketchy period. We got pretty busy in June. Uh, there was uh, some, some break periods in July, but since July 14th, I have recorded every single day every single weekday for something and in the majority wow. of those days there were at least two sessions so and that yeah it's 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 something that di i didn't even realize until i looked back and i was i was doing accounting work and and writing in everything that i needed to be ready to announce later uh this year or whenever it happens to come out um but it's been busy i'm very very grateful for it but <laughs> man it's been eating up the time i bet i i can't imagine but hey Good to 
see that you're getting out there and people are realizing your talents and we get more Sean Chiplock in, in our ear, in our ear brains. It's, it's, it's been a blessing in disguise because uh, I mentioned this in a different interview, but the pressure from companies to basically update my home studio so that it was broadcast quality because we didn't have the option anymore, excuse me, of coming in to record, um, that was an extremely stressful period. And I mean, not just mentally stressful with every time of doing a new tech test and having them go, well, I can hear this in the background. How can you fix this? I'm still getting this going on. Um, but even just the physical stress, I, I actually uh, sliced off part of my cuticle um, or, or part of the skin beneath my cuticle and ripped open my palm skin trying to set up my mic stand and everything. Uh, but those are healed. The studio is done. And to my understanding, the engineers are quite happy with what they're working with um, because even if there's just like a minor, minor background noise, it's now at the point where it is so minor that they they don't even sound concerned about whether or not they can remove it. So in the meantime, now that I get to talk about ReZero Season 2, we're able to do the whispered lines and make those very clear. We're able to do the extreme screaming lines and get those very clear. Um, so we're in business, and, and it's working out very well for me, and that upgrade has made an obvious difference in terms of how much work I'm able to do and who is wanting to work with me mm -hmm. because the quality is different. So oh, Very cool. Have you been had the cops call on you for any more screaming uh, sessions or anything? I, I have not, but I would rather <laughs> that my neighbors talk to me first versus calling cops. <laughs> true, true. But we are here to talk about a little game that is actually re-releasing today as this, well, as soon as this episode releases, not as... I'm so excited. I know, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. <sighs> so good. So good. But this game originally came out in 2004 in August of 2003 in Japan, but in North America, February 9th, 2004, Palette came out in March of 2004 in australia march 19th of 2004 and then oh that's probably that's probably why they wanted it to come out in march of 2020 originally before it got delayed yeah as their uh that makes sense their anniversary special but yes it's now coming out worldwide the remastered edition is coming to nintendo switch playstation 4 ios and android with crossplay worldwide release today august 27th 2020 wow crazy <sighs> Yeah. Crazy. Uh, other games you may have been playing in 2004, just to kind of set your mind back then. Uh, we got Half-Life 2, World of Warcraft, Fable, Halo 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, EverQuest 2, Jack 3, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, Dragon Quest 8, absolutely love it, Sly Cooper 2, Band of Thieves, and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. I managed to not play a single one of those games you just listed. Oh, yeah. I, I, I did play Thousand Year Door eventually. Mm -hmm. I got back to it, I believe, two or three years ago when I went on my Paper Mario binge. So I have properly experienced it and 100%ed it. But at the time that it released, yeah. I have not touched any of those games. I could see you liking the Sly Cooper franchise on PS2. I can see that, too. I can see that, too. Uh. Didn't. Didn't they? Weren't they working on a remaster for the Sly Cooper games? Or, they did a or remaster collection on PS3 for okay, uh, way back when, and then they were going to do a movie, and that just kind of disappeared. 
Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. what I was thinking about. Um, but yes. So, Sean, tell us about your experience. Like, when did you first play Crystal Chronicles? Set the stage. Oh, man. Okay, so my memory of it is kind of hazy. I don't know if it was right when it first came out, but... The, when I talk about my childhood, there were a couple games that pretty much defined my gaming experience. And those were uh, Bomberman 64, The Second Attack, uh, Legend of Mana, and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Like, those were the games of their respective consoles that I just went back to again and again and again and again. Um, and Crystal Chronicles in particular... Uh, was one of the big two that I would always end up playing when I was visiting my friend John's house. Um, he was he was my best friend in childhood. I would go over pretty much anywhere between <laughs> two to four times a week. Um, and, and sometimes we would do our own thing, but often we would play a co-op game together. Um, and the big two were either Legend of Mana, which we would work on, on doing missions and co-op together, or Crystal Chronicles. And... Um, you know, Crystal Chron- as as you're aware, Crystal Chronicles was that game that was multiplayer focused, but very difficult yeah. to do multiplayer because if more than one person played, then everybody needed a Game Boy Advance, a connector cable, obviously mm-hmm. a fresh package of batteries because you were gonna eat through that in a sitting in a single gaming session. Um, and because of just how distracted we would get, we would often end up. Uh, having to restart our file from scratch over and over and over again. I think that's what contributed to the mm-hmm. fact that I never really had the chance to finish the game proper because I was always waiting to play more of it when I got to my friend's house. Um, but that that's just really, that's the purpose that it served, was it was a bonding experience for myself and my best friend, um, and it was just one of those games that I played most frequently uh, throughout those younger years. So it's it's one of those fond memories types of things, but now that I'm older and, and I can appreciate this game that I enjoyed in my childhood, in addition to all the new stuff that it's bringing, including voiceover, including character customization, including online functionality, so I don't have to worry about all those connection cord rigmarole things, um, it, it it's a new but old experience, and I'm excited to go through it again. Yeah. Uh, I remember way back when I had gotten this at launch because this was the fact that Final Fantasy was finally coming back to a Nintendo platform was such a huge deal back then, Um, like with this release of Crystal Chronicles. So I pre-ordered it at our local GameStop or it might have been EB Games still at that point. Um, But I remember coming home from school and my mom was going to be picking up my copy on her way home from work so I was like anxiously awaiting her to get home and I will always remember that she ended up also picking up the strategy guide for it which I didn't have pre-ordered none of that it was she just did it as something special and I was like oh this is so cool and I remember just staying up and playing it so much and I think at one point I was able I went out and bought a second I bought two of the Game Boy Advance Link cables. And I think at one point I was able to play two player. Uh, but that was like once or twice thing. So I primarily played this game single player. But I remember making my Selkie and going around whacking things with my racket and just having <laughs> an absolute you know, blast. I was always, 
how is it pronounced? A, a clavat? Is that how they're pronounced in the game? I I, think I, I know so. that there's that that new trailer that guy, which by the way, side note. I knew that they that they were aware of of how important this game was to people. The moment that they brought back yes. Donna Burke to narrate the trailer, like that th- that is just such a minor thing that people can overlook. Where it's like, ha mm-hmm. we remixed the opening theme. Here's the singer. But the fact that they went out of their way twenty something years later or fifteen something years later to bring back the original mm-hmm. voice actress to narrate it. This moment I heard it, I was like, "This is this probably sounds weird," but my my inner child went, "I'm home, mom." Yeah, like Donna was my Crystal Chronicles mother, and I'm like, "You're back. I missed you so much. I love you." Where did you go? Why did you, you left for milk all those years ago? Uh, but no. And touching on that point, it's little things like this that studios can do that. Will only even if it's just kind of noticed or picked up by longtime fans of the series means so much to the longtime fans of the series or mm-hmm. of the game that it's a it's always heartwarming when something like this happens and hearing the new remixed intro and hearing the new voices with all these characters it's just so so good. Oh, the 16th or the 26th, 27th cannot come out soon enough. I know. So what was your kind of, did you have a main character or race that you would play? Oh, that's, that's what I was, I was getting at before I started talking about Donna. Uh, I typically had always played Clavat just because, I mean, there was no good excuse. It was, oh, this is the quote unquote main character. Mm -hmm. This is the one that I see the most often. I'm going to go with them. They're all rounders. But when I had my binge period, uh, uh, I think either last year or the year before that, and and fired it back up on the Wii, um, I'm I'm a selkie now. I'm a selkie for life, uh, and there's a couple reasons for that. Um, I appreciate that they. I think they have the fastest uh, charge attack time out of anybody else. Yeah, with um, their like physical attack one, not I th- with their physical, not attacks. their magic. Right, right, right. Yeah. Not, I believe they have the slowest magic cast time, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with that. Um, especially because in single player, you're normally going to be using your physical attacks anyway. And there are, there are certain weapons that I believe there's certain weapons that their charge attack, their physical charge attack is actually a ranged magical bullet. Yeah. So if you choose to use that, you can just attack from a distance anyway. It doesn't matter. Um but I just I like that they have the fastest physical attack combo. I like their look overall. I enjoy uh, their their home theme song. I it coming back to the game made me realize, damn, I've been <laughs> I've been a basic <laughs> Starbucks jerk this entire time. I need to go with the fancy drink. I gotta go with the selkie. So um, I'm I'm definitely going selkie on release day. Uh, I think it's going to be a better fit for the Lux namesake that I've been mm-hmm. using for a lot of my characters in JRPGs nowadays, um, and I'm excited to embark on this uh, official adventure with the class. I have to say, I when we recorded the Legend of Mana episode and this, I am always blown away by your memory of tunes. Like you can just be like, "Oh yeah, there's I love this one tune," and then you'll just start humming it like nothing and. It's very impressive. <laughs> you know, I actually experienced that yesterday. So, um, 
uh, I think it depends on how catchy or 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 easy to follow along that the tune is. Uh, as I was driving uh, back from my callback audition yesterday, uh, there was a Toho song from uh, oh god, I'm trying to remember what the Toho uh, Urban Urban Legend of Limbo or something like that. Urban Legends in Limbo, I think it's called. I'm gonna mm-hmm. Google it. Uh, yes, Urban Legend in Limbo. Um, from a, a Toho album that I had added, but this specific song had not played yet since I added it. Never had heard it before. But because of how catchy the tune was, by the second time that the stanza repeated, mm-hmm. I was already able to sing along to the to the beat of it because I understood the, the scale of the notes that were being played. Um, and... I, I agree with what you say. Like, if the song's really catchy, uh, my brain just kind of picks up on it, and and I've, I'm able to like bob along to the tempo. Um, it's also because since early childhood, I really enjoyed songs that didn't have lyrics to them because I would write my own stories of what was happening to the beat and tempo mm-hmm. of that music. So I think I've just always been kind of attuned to wanting to pick up and memorize those songs quickly because the sooner I memorize them, the sooner I can sing them whenever I want to and continue writing those stories. Okay. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, so... For me, I like I mentioned, I was always Selkie because I thought with their silver hair, they looked really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I was very simplistic in that way. But So this game, if you haven't played it before um, or just starting out for the first time with the remaster, it's kind of roguelike-ish where in the individual levels, you have to reclaim your magic and things like that throughout the open world. But those don't carry between levels. But it's a unique mechanic as there's a giant miasma around everywhere. And in single player, either you carry this magical crystal chalice with mirror in it, which you get from crystal trees, which dispels it. Um, Mm -hmm. Which was a fairly divisive uh, mechanic, especially in multiplayer, because someone was always stuck carrying the chalice. (laughs) Right. Um, God, talking about it's just got me so hyped. Oh, I know. So you you mentioned that you mostly played Clavat and everything. Were you, and eventually when you went back a year or so ago, Selkie, are you more of a physical fan, like physical damage dealer, or do you like... Oh, sw- absolutely. Okay. Like, like my, my big thing, typically the only time that I would use magic is if I was in Ravenna Terra and I had to do the puzzles. Um, or if I was trying to cure myself, mm-hmm. um, uh, it was it was just because it felt like physical attacks were were easier to do more damage over time to build up, um, and also the fact that uh, now obviously it was also because of how casting times were affected. Um, it, it mostly felt because you could upgrade your attacking equipment, your 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 weapon. I think was something that you could you could upgrade. Um, whereas magic was kind of static unless you got artifacts that boosted your magic stat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So for me, it was easier if I if I did my physical attacks and it helped me practice the A, A, A. Because if you remember, um, the basic attack combo, you couldn't just mash the button. You, act you actually had to have a certain timing, mm -hmm. um, a certain tempo for your character to do the true combo. Otherwise, they would just do a bunch of the, the single hit, the uh, 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 instead of uh, 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 mm -hmm. and having a faster attack uh, attack speed. So, yeah, it, it's just something that I, I enjoyed. It felt better doing the physical attack combos versus, versus casting magic. Uh, it, I, I like the idea they were going for with magic, how right. you could fuse and kind of mix and match different spell orbs to create new item, or new spells. I thought that was a really unique idea, but as Selkie a lot of time, outside of Cure, <laughs> it just almost took too much time to, to I want to. I want to cast Thundega. Twelve years later. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like okay. Oops. Oh, I got hit. Interrupted the casting time. Got to do it again. Twelve years later, and it's just over and over. But it was a unique mechanic, and it was even cooler in multiplayer if you were able to do it. Because for those of you that haven't played, you press and hold a your magic button or your attack button to charge up and it generates this ring that you can position and target things. But in multiplayer, if you have another friend doing the same thing, you can overlap your rings. And if you cast at the same time, it'll create the net, the a bigger spell. Like if you're both casting fire, it'll cast fire. I, it's I did. It does look like they added a quality of life mechanic to where like when you guys combine the circles, it will move this little meter mm -hmm. on like a charge meter and it will tell you like when the timing is that you're supposed to let go. So I imagine it will be easier to correctly time releasing your spells um, in game, even if you don't have voice chat with other people. So I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, that'll be that'll be very nice. But it was an interesting way to. It was an interesting way to continue to incorporate and kind of grow the co-op mentality of multiplayer outside of each of you are doing your own thing. You just whack the enemies. Maybe one person focus on healing. It, I thought it united and really incentivized tactical mm -hmm. planning. Yep. Um but in terms outside of the gameplay, there is a lot of like cool lore and stories inside the game itself. Like whether it was um, kind of the history and lore of the Lilities, these little plant-like people who are the powerhouses. They're like completely opposite what you would expect them to be, but they're like the big heavy hitters. Right. Um, or the Black Knight who's trying, this mysterious character who's trying to, regain his memories or uh coming across tita village like this ruined village where uh that shows basically this village failed in their mission to replenish their resource their tree that protected them from this miasma it's it was good it was just so much stuff you could pick up on yep oh I'm trying to remember. Um, I, I'm trying to remember my favorite part that uh, uh, Donna Burke narrated. Let me see if I can bring up the old feature. It was it was the um, remastered edition. 
I'd, I'd have to go to like my video history. It, it was whatever the early uh, uh, early area for the mushroom forest. Oh, I found the video. Sorry, mm -hmm. I've been like hunting these up as I'm oh, talking. Oh no worries. Um, the YouTube comment that goes, "When I was a child, I once asked my mother, where did I come from?'" She answered, "Why." We all sprouted from the mushroom forest, of course. <laughs> like, just the, the opening, uh, the mm -hmm. narrations that Donna would do for each stage. And it's like, she would she would read like a single paragraph of a story related tangentially to this stage. And I'd be like, I understand everything. This all <laughs> makes perfect sense now. Of course. Why didn't I see it please, before? Please, mother, tell me more stories. <laughs> I'm not ready for bed yet. Yeah. Uh I, and like you mentioned, it was this kind of storybook, even the art style, which we haven't even touched on yet, was so fantastical and colorful and rich and just like fun childhood fantasy vibes, I felt. So on on that note, I know this is getting into it a bit early, but can I narrate one? I oh, see that that Disney print Disney Princess Devora uh, wrote the entire intro to uh, the Cathuriad uh, Cathuriages Cathuriages yeah the Cathuriages Minds. Sure. So I wanted <laughs> in my terrible Donna Burke impression to narrate that entire intro. This this is the kind of thing you would experience as a kid. You'd load up the stage. You're like I'm ready to beat up some monsters, and then this gentle Irish female voice goes. When the grandfather of my grandfather's grandfather was still a child, no one in this land could challenge the might of the Lilties. They forged weapons of iron to bring the world under their dominion. But eventually the mine was exhausted and the Lilties' unstoppable conquest ground to a halt. The Lilties' ambition vanished along with the iron they abandoned the mine where monsters now thrive and then the the stage just starts and you're like oh i don't what? know if i want to fight anymore yeah this place is so sad it it was so good at setting the atmosphere mm -hmm. of yes you're about to you're about to to engage in all this action and fight these bosses fight these enemies but there was always that hint of empty sadness mm -hmm. that mad max sensation of you are going through a world you are going through an area that doesn't exist as it used to be you're going through it as it is now and it's just you and the monsters and whatever group of people decided to join you on your adventure but even when you're together it feels very alone yeah like you're trampling on hollowed ground like that unease and kind of sacred nature of it that you're disturbing a resting place of of these old old this final old fantasy history. has consistently been really good about creating these experiences of of just I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this ethereal they've always been really good at just getting the player to feel things subconsciously, not just that they mm -hmm. are actively taking part in. An example is uh, in Final Fantasy X, when you're running through the ruins or the illusory ruins of your old hometown, oh, um, the dreamscape. 
and and it's just for a while you're just running through yeah there's some enemy battles but it's just this swell of music and just you walking through this vast area with all these spirits flying around and and you're just experiencing it um in that scene specifically what really like kicked me in the heart was how even when you got into encounters the music didn't change so it was that really somber music playing in the background and it's just like it it nailed how important and tense and just oh it was perfect Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, during that one scene when you finish on the highway and you have to run a bit before you even get to the save point or the Mm cutscene trigger, and it's just you in this empty, wide highway. There's almost, I don't think there's any music at all. If there is, it's so subtle that you can barely even hear it. And it just that kind of it gives you that moment to to reflect on everything that just transpired, realizing that it's still just you. It's just you and your band of of happy go lucky adventurers. Mm-hmm. For me, that moment in Crystal Chronicles is the uh, the miasma barriers. The mm-hmm. you know you walk in and it goes doom doom And it's just just very quiet. And throughout the whole time, you hear the Mm -hmm. of the barrier sitting in front of you. And if you walk up to it, if you walk up to it, you know, it you they did so well with the sound effects where it suddenly starts getting more violent. And then you hear the barrier pushing back against you, the and then you break through it. And as soon as you break through it, you get the wang mm-hmm. as the barrier fills out around you. And then all of that noisiness of the barrier just disappears. And it's just the music again. And you're like, yeah, I did it. But then it hits you that as soon as you cross back to the other side of that barrier, you hear it again. You hear it pushing you away. And, and oh, my God. Like, just describing it, yeah. I, I hope people understand. I hope people listening to this are not going, oh my god, Sean is such a weirdo. He's doing all these weird sound effects. No. I hope that if you have played this before, you understand what I mean. And if you haven't played it before and you do, you, you get that experience. Um, just going up to the barrier, having it actively resist you, and then as soon as you get through it and go to the other side, the barrier pushes you away, pushes you farther away from everything that you're familiar with. You're like, oh, I've visited these towns, I've visited these places, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go forward, and the barrier goes, okay, you can go forward, but you can't go back for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. unless you change your chalice element again. Just that, 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 that realization of the further and further and further you get, the more alone you are. The reminder there is that it's just you. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, the sound design. And what I love in playing on what you just said and the little diary entries at the, or at the beginning of each stage, it, it gives so much in terms of emotion in kind of underlying story without bombarding you with it or cramming it in your face like it it lets your it gives you just enough so that your imagination will kind of wander and you'll start thinking about what happened where you're exploring and the people you've encountered and the hardships that this world has faced being covered in miasma but it doesn't just blatantly tell you in a text box this is this is this 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 you know it gives players the ability to imagine and paired with the yep. great sound direction and 
visual style. It it's it's impactful. It's very very impactful. Um, <sighs> I'm so excited. The 27th is going to come here soon enough. I know it's going to be so good, and I'm very excited with how Square is handling the. And we talked a little bit about this prior to uh, us recording was how you can there's a free trial version anyone can download and then you can play together or if you play with someone who already owns like the full game of this remaster you can play even more uh and then it's cross play between the mobile game or mobile platforms and switch and ps4 it's just this is a such a good switch game like the gameplay loop of this will be so good for switch And it's cross-platform too. I yeah. think they said it's it's Switch. What is it? Switch, PS- PC, iOS, and Android. Uh, it's PS4. I don't know if it's PC. Switch, PS4. No, no, no you're right. It's Switch, PS4, iOS, and Android, mm-hmm. and they're all able to cross-play with each other. There had better be an online community for this across oh, yeah. all four of those platforms. I'd understand if it was split and it was independent, and it'd be like, oh, okay, well, if there's more people on PS4, then it might be harder to play on Switch. But if they're all able to play with each other, there is no excuse for yeah. this thing to not have a, a thriving online community for some time. It, uh... And did you play any of the other Crystal Chronicles games? I'm curious. Um... I played Ring of Fates, but... It's hard for me to describe how I feel about Ring of Fates, because... I I it, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it in the way I enjoyed Crystal Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like more of a general RPG for me than Crystal Chronicles did. It wasn't as unique an experience. Um, I do have the other one. I'm I'm trying to look at where is it? Uh, it's somewhere on my game. Uh, Echoes of Time. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've, I'm that's one of the, the DS ones, of- correct? Uh, it also got a re-release for Wii. I'm looking at the Wii oh. case right now. Um, but I never, I haven't had a chance to touch it. So I think people described Echoes of Time as being closer to like Final Fantasy XII, where it's it's Crystal Chronicles, but it's more of that like adventure RPG mm-hmm. type of game. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, I remember. I think I rented Echoes of Time on Wii, or maybe it was Crystal Bears that I rented on the Wii. I'm not. I don't entirely remember, but I didn't spend much time playing the other crystal chronicles games um so i can't i don't really remember too much about them but i remember a lot of and have a lot of fond memories of playing this original one. Oh man yeah and at at 30 bucks i i i know i will probably pick this up both oh for sure on both ps4 and switch because i'm a sucker oh, for sure for trophies and i think this could be a really fun platinum trophy to get and just grind on but just i yeah i'm probably gonna get it on switch like i know it'll suck not having trophies associated with the game but on the other hand like the on the go mm-hmm. functionality of the switch is oh yeah 
I I like for example I bought um, Dragon Quest 11 when it came out on PS4 but I never touched it and t- until they ported it to Switch and then I immediately bought and started playing it on Switch because I could play it when I was waiting for my sessions mm-hmm. I could play it when I was chilling in bed having that portability was a massive difference oh, so yeah. even though I can't get uh, even though I can't get trophies if it means that I can be laying in bed with my wife while she's asleep and still be able to play Crystal Chronicles that that's it. Oh yeah. No 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 contest. I'll be picking up on both. It's like I love like you mentioned. I need that portability factor. It this will be a perfect game to take on the go. And I'm curious, Sean, is does your wife have any desire to play this too, or does she have? Did she ever play the Crystal or original Crystal Chronicles back in the day? She did. Uh, I think she had played it at, at some points with her friends, and I remember because I, before they announced the remaster, I had told her and her group of friends, hey guys, if I pay for like a bunch of Game Boy Advance SPs and the connector cables, and I, I get all the equipment ready, would you guys want to come over and play Crystal Chronicles co-op? And they were like, yeah, sure. And then I never did anything about it. <laughs> but now I don't have to. <laughs> you just have to wait for technology to catch up with you. That's the trick. Right. That's the trick. But we aren't the only ones that absolutely adore this game and have fond memories of it. So we are going around the web. Speaking of, we touched on this earlier. Uh, user Disney Princess Devora from Reddit going into Catharji's mind, and I'm all alone. And this comes up. It oh, that it's was the scene yeah, that, that was... Sean read. Uh, and then <laughs> shit got real. Is shit got is real? Is how she ends it. Um, <sighs> I can't. I think that's one of the yeah. that's one of the things I'm going to appreciate going back into this game is is actually just kind of letting the scene of because when you're younger you just want to play the game you want to beat up stuff you want to get to the boss you want to progress through i i think i'm going to make an actual effort to just let the music mesh with the atmosphere and and give me that experience of what was this place like you know what what was this world like what is this world like now Mm -hmm. i'm anxious to see how much additional voice acting because i don't remember how much discussion happens outside of the little like openings to each level so i know you get there's like moogle houses and stuff you can uh hit up and talk to but i'm curious how much additional voice or how much voice work will actually be done in this um so I'm anxious to to see. From what I heard, it sounds like at the very least we know that the playable characters will each have their own voices, which makes yeah. sense. You know, we're going to have, like, voices for when they're using their magic spells, their generic attack and getting damaged and dying uh, grunts. So that that's pretty straightforward. I don't know if it mentioned anything about NPCs mm-hmm. and cutscenes having... Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it will. Because uh, we saw in the uh, extended feature trailer, it showed one of the, the Selkie bandmates uh, NPCs voicing. So it sounds like the cutscenes will have voices as well. Now, I don't know if that means that everything will have voices, because there's often a difference between um, pre-rendered cutscenes and overworld stuff. So, like... Uh, the the mini events that you have, the random caravan events, will probably be voiced. But I don't know if, like, when you go to uh, Alphateria, if if the NPCs in the city will have voices if you talk to them. Mm-hmm. So, 
quick question, slight side tangent. I'm curious, as a voice actor who's done stuff for video games, what's your opinion on those kind of attack sounds and the yas and getting hit? Are those like the bane of a voice actor's existence when they have to go in to record? Or is that kind of like uh, the, the fun stuff? The single noise efforts? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a hard question to answer for me. Um, I feel like it's something that gets easier over time for us. Like, for example, when you're first starting out, being able to make five different damage sounds can be really difficult. Because, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of us will be like, ah, and then we're like, I'm out of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) But as you get experience, you remind yourself, you know, oh, you can be hit in different areas. What would it sound like if you were hit by a sword or a knife versus if you were hit by a magic spell? So all of a sudden now you've got, ah. And each of those are different. They're mi- there's minor differences, but they're different enough that it won't you won't have a case where like maybe a character gets hit by um, uh, multiple enemies at once, and it's the same sound effect where they go, uh, 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 mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure we've had cases of games like that where we're able to pick it up right away. Um, and and the same thing goes for when you're doing attack noises, you know. Over time, it becomes easier to figure out, um, you know, what does it sound like if I if I swing my sword this way? What if I do an overhead versus a side swing where I'm kind of like drawing a sword katana? You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and it becomes easy to come up with those different ideas. I would say for me, the reason why it's intimidating is the fear that I'll do an aggressive attack shout and it doesn't come out quite right, or worse, like my voice cracks when I do it. So I'll be like, yeah, like mm-hmm. that. And then they'll put that in the game. <laughs> so every so often, every time someone will do like a sword swing, or I'll be playing the game and listening to my own character, and I'll hear that, yeah. <laughs> and I just have to accept that that's a, per- a permanent part of the game. I'm just here going, I don't want to be alive anymore. Why did they keep this? Why didn't they let me do another take? <laughs> I just picture that anime uh, trope where the character is like all hunched over in like a solid black space or whatever with just a light shining down. Like I just picture that. Right. (laughs) Just be like, I'm going to use my special charge attack. Yeah. That's great. But thank you for that side tangent. I was just curious. Uh, did you want to read the next user's um, favorite memory? Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? Question? Uh, did you want to read the next one from around the web? Okay. Uh, Ryoko Lamb from Reddit says, I remember playing with a housemate from uni when it came out, and he persuaded me to get a Game Boy Advance and cable to play on the GameCube. Good on your housemate because now you owned a Game Boy Advance, True. and that was like one of the best handhelds. The co-op experience was fascinating with the navigating and tactics of variety of enemies. The best bit was coordinating the magic combinations and when to release, I think. I mean, that was best the best and also the yeah. worst bit because I remember having to try and coordinate my magic spells with Mog when I was playing Rabenate Ra by myself, and that was the single most annoying part of that <laughs> stage. Um, so many funny times and challenges. Might have to purchase a copy and invite friends for free who wants to try it out. Thanks for the reminder. Well, this is a, a shout-out to Ryoko Lam and everybody. Uh, I am so crazy about this game that when it releases, I'm going to give out... I think I way back when I said 10 copies um, 
but I'm gonna it's it was either five or ten. I'll have to look back and see what I said and honor that. But I'm giving out at least five copies of this game for free, uh, paying for it myself. So um, stay tuned, yeah, because <laughs> the raffle is happening. But if you're like, listen, man, I don't want to wait on on release day to see if I won the game. I'm gonna just pay thirty bucks and get it. I 100% understand you. We're we're in the similar boat, so I'm. It's gonna be good. Gonna be good. But yes, be sure to check out twitch.tv slash Sonic Mega, correct? That is your Twitch? Uh yes, yes. Twitch and Twitter are the exact same. It is Sonic and Mega. Sonic like or it's Sonic Mega. Sonic and Mega like from Mega Man put together. Sonic Mega, Twitch, Twitter, it's both the same. So if you are interested and might want to win and try and win a free copy, be sure you check that out. Uh and I'll, I'll be streaming it as well. I'll probably give out a couple copies during the stream as well. My guess is I'll do a raffle on Twitter where I give out five copies, and then I'll have uh, stream giveaways where I give out a copy a day or something like that. There you go. So. There you go. Uh, next up, we have you, user Pack for Pause from Reddit. It's not a big memory, but my husband and I could play together for once in a Final Fantasy game. We love to play couch co-ops, no matter how bad they are. But Crystal Chronicles is probably my top five favorite. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say that the multiplayer was the was a 10 out of 10 for the game, but it had I really enjoyed any of those times when like it, it was the moments, mm -hmm. you know, like when you had the griffin that was flying around and you were like, hey, we can combine our magic to create gravity and you bring it down and then you both get to wail on it. And that's a bonding experience. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, without spoiling it, there is obviously a puzzle that requires a lot of magic spells in order to solve. And working on that together is is a lot more fun than doing it single player. And then just in general, the bosses, like having someone wail on the boss and then having someone with like a dedicated cure who's able to cure or revive you just kind of looking out for each other. Because when you're playing single player, uh, the, the life uh, materia is useless outside of fusing for a very specific spell. But you have to use up three slots of your inventory if you want to have access to that spell. But... In co-op, you have the life materia, and you guys can revive each other infinitely. It's great. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, this brings back, this reminds me, in reading this quote, I miss when couch co-op was, like, a much more common thing. Like, I, I dig the convenience, yeah. especially nowadays with being able to play friends online from from across the country because I have friends in California and New York and stuff. So it's nice to play with them, but I miss just having friends come over on like a Friday night, sitting down with like a pizza and some drinks and just playing a game on the couch. Like I miss that co-op couch co-op experience. I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm not particularly bothered just because a lot of the yeah. stuff that I play tends to be single player anyway, like the dungeon crawlers, mm -hmm. like Etrian Odyssey. But I completely empathize with that experience of, of wanting to bond with people. You know, it, it, there's some semblance of that via like Discord yeah. voice chats and stuff like that. Um, and I can understand how people enjoy having the privacy of their own home while still getting to quote unquote hang out with their friends. For sure. But I. I do understand that there's there's something to be missed about that physical connection that you're sharing with people. But it's now kind of turned into a battle of, I want to spend time with my friends, but I don't want to have to hard commit that time. Because if you're in a voice chat with people, mm -hmm. 
and you plan on being there for three hours, but then something comes up, you can change. You can you can go and do that instead. If you have someone over and visiting, and they planned on visiting for three hours, you're kind of locked mm-hmm. into that no matter what happens. Um, so I can see the pros and cons of both sides. Yeah. What's your take, or what's your opinion on the fact that this the remaster will not has done away with the local co-op aspect? <sighs> I'm trying to remember what I said at the time. Um. I don't. I, I figured. Did they say the reason why? Did they say it was like a, a coding or a logistics thing, or that it would have delayed the game further? Do you remember? What I they don't said remember about it? the reasoning they gave. I don't remember seeing a reasoning. Just that it wouldn't be available, or that they weren't doing it. I, I slightly remember their wording. Could lead people to believe that it was possibly going to be added down the road that maybe it was kind of a timing issue but that is my speculation and kind of what i picked up from what i remember Um, i don't i don't i honestly don't remember what my original thoughts were on it i i i think that i was like oh it's understandable but i couldn't tell mm -hmm. you why i felt it was understandable um i'm trying to i i don't know anything about you know network connections and the logistics of that so i don't know what prevented them from allowing local multiplayer um in addition to online but i i hope they add it but i honestly don't have anything else i can say on yeah i was just wondering if from your not from a a development perspective but like if you were bummed that they weren't including it or if you're like whatever that's cool we can still play online right um right but i hear you i hear you uh who do we have next hard work hard work lucky i believe Okay, Hard Work Lucky says, Not sure if this counts as a fond memory, but Tita Village, the ruined village whose chalice bearers didn't return, shook me the first time I visited. It drove home how important the player's job is to the game world. I agree with that, just because, like, the fact that there's, uh, even the boss is just, like, a possessed house. It's not a beast, it's just a house, and then you destroy it, and it's like, now it's even emptier than it started out as. Mm -hmm. Um... Also, the English version of Kaze no Ne periodically gets stuck in my head a few times a year. I would get bullied on the bus, <laughs> and it, it was it was half rightfully and half not rightfully. The not rightfully was because it's not cool to, to, to mock kids for being passionate about things that they enjoy, but it was also deserved because I was probably singing way louder than I should have been um, <laughs> while being on the bus, and it was probably annoying the shit out of kids. Uh, but also, Kaze no Ne... Oh my god. Could it be the sacred wind that's calling me to now begin to walk into the dark carrying the light of tomorrow? Oh, well, shit, that's going to be the announcement now. We're going to have two announcement videos. We're going to have one on the Twitter video, and we're going to have that be... Oh, that was that was very nice. You're a good singer, Sean. <laughs> when I remember what my vocal range is, because every so often I'll try to go a little too high. I'll be like, to walk into the dark, carrying the light. So, That's the one we're gonna use. That's the one they're gonna use for the game when it releases. They're gonna patch that in. Oh my god, 
we need we need to mod the intro to the game so where like, the entire background audio is you know you know the part of the song that goes we need to have someone aggressively playing kazoo yes and i'll just be like um keeping close to the path morning sky watching over be perfect this eventually this will come to the pc i have to say it eventually will come and then modders do your do your magic work your magic (laughs) i modders the one thing i want you to change is i want every character's damage uh sound effect to be changed to the roblox oof Uh, all right i need to actually finish what they wrote oh okay no i didn't yes that. so yes i'm i'm very i i'm right with you there i would sing i still sing that i hum that song to myself more often than you'd think and it got to the point where i kind of started humming it quietly to myself while i was in the shower the other day and my wife who is nowhere near me calls out you're really excited for that game aren't you <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i i don't you're talking crazy talking crazy next up we have user the almighty lloyd from reddit i remember grinding for hours in veo loose uh sluice Salusi, because the theme is so good the dungeon wasn't even that fun it was simple and the loots weren't great but that music the music i was happy it was reused in crystal bears a few years later i'm still desperately waiting to this day for soken's take on it that's that's the theme yeah, I was telling you about. I want to make uh, screw it. I want a mod where you just like sing and beatbox every tune in the game that we just mod in. <laughs> It's what the people deserve. It's what the people oh want. Oh my god. I feel I could do that. I even that part I just did. I was like, "Hey, you could actually that was that was kind of good for the a cappella." Oh yeah. <laughs> that was Brental Floss quality. Ah, uh, Brental Floss. I miss his uh, with lyric videos. Right? <sighs> I am Mega Man. This is my mega plan. He was so good. He was he was his own era, man. Yeah, like, I saw him live. He you know, performed in uh, around the Detroit area a number of years ago. Nice. And I got to see him in in person. Like when people make those tweets about like one of these four YouTubers mm-hmm. is is your parent, they're who you grew up on, and I don't recognize any of them. So I'm waiting for the day someone says, you know. Uh, if you were born in the 90s or if you were born in this era, one of these four YouTubers was your music source or was your mm-hmm. vocal acapella uh, cover source. And Brennel Floss will be there and I'll be like, that's my dad. Yeah. That's my dad. Yeah. I uh, I can never listen to the DuckTales Moon theme without humming and kind of singing along using Brentel Floss's lyrics or that's true. Wiley's yeah, yep. Wiley's Castle, all sorts. So good. Yeah. Uh, Ginger Revenger from Reddit says, I never played with friends, but in single player, you could use your GBA as a map screen. Worked really well with the GBA SP. You could set the screen at an angle and quick ref it on the go. Also, the music is really great. First time starting up, the game was magical. 
Um, so that's, I'm curious what they're going to do about the map challenges. Uh, because it wasn't until, I'm trying to remember how many separate times that I played. Um, it was, it was the very, very first time. Whenever I would go to my friends, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think, okay. So most of the time, I guess I did end up playing it with the co-op aspect. Like, even when I was playing single player, most of the time I went through the effort of plugging in the Game Boy Advance so that I could check what the, the map challenge was. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious how they're going to do it for the Switch. I, I imagine it would just be as easy as, okay, it's now just permanently there. It's in the lower left corner of the screen. Yeah. And you know what your private challenge is, which... <laughs> uh, that is almost something... Oh, that's something I didn't think about. So when you were playing with uh, uh, local co-op oh, or individual single player, as you know, mm -hmm. the challenge would be randomly generated. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't, you know, so sometimes it would be really good. Like, don't take damage. Okay, cool. I'm willing to take that challenge. Or kill enemies with magic attacks. Okay, awesome. I just have to make sure that the last hit I deal is a magic attack. But some of them were really bad. Like pick up gold oh well there's a finite chance of that mm -hmm. you know there's only so many points you can earn don't pick up items well screw that you know like uh especially if you were doing single player so i i don't think this is gonna happen but i hope that they let you pick from like a list of what challenge would you like to do and like randomly selects four and you pick one out of all of those similar that would to be how cool. you pick the artifacts because if they don't if they if they have it the same way where you join up and and there's four people playing online and the stage starts up for everyone at the same time and then everyone finds out what their individual challenge is i'm really scared that there's going to be at least one to two people every single time that instantly disconnect because they don't like the individual challenge that they were given and Mm, yeah, I'm kind of scared that for could that be, now. That could be a pain. Uh, for the for people who are familiar with like Dragalia Lost, like I don't I don't think it's gonna massively affect the um, um, uh, the online multiplayer. I'm sure. I hope that there's a logistics in place where if someone disconnects, it just instantly gets taken over by a computer player character, like it does in Smash Online. Um, but for people who are familiar with games like Dragalia Lost, where there's online raid battles, if someone leaves, it announces that they left almost immediately. And in some cases, it's no longer, it's it's a lost cause trying to finish that boss if that person disconnected. Um, so I hope that they, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that, because I can totally see it being a case where everyone starts the stage and then instantly you get notified that like two people from your group disconnected and you know why almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that submitted your favorite memories and moments in the various reddits. So many people remind, uh, remember the music was a big one. The visuals was another big point. And of course the game link cables was the most remembered be it fondly or not fondly aspect. But thank you, everyone. If you want, feel free to share your own memories in the Reddits, uh, clicking the links to the various subreddits down below in this episode's description. I look forward to seeing what your own memories of this game are.
Now, let's say after all we've talked about, you are interested in picking up a copy for yourself. Well, we are going to help you out there. Now, luckily, if you want, for whatever reason, maybe you're, uh, you want to play it how it originally was on the GameCube. Luckily, this isn't one of the more pricey games on the GameCube. Used, you can get it between <coughs> 10 and 20 bucks, depending on completeness, so not bad at all. But even brand new, still sealed, which there are copies out there, you're looking only at about 40 to 50 bucks, so not bad at all. Do you uh do you know if those prices were this that way even before the remaster was announced? Because uh, I'm almost I I looked at these prices about two days ago. Okay, so I am curious if if it's always been that way or if there was that kind of aftermarket scalpers, you know, oh this was a a rare gem from the olden days, and then once it was known that the remaster was coming out, it kind of killed the value of yeah, the original I don't game. Know. Not to say yeah. that it's worthless, but just because there is an easy way to access the game to play it, that it now it only has purpose as like mm -hmm. a collector's item rather than it being a, this is the only way that you can experience this game. I think it was you know, always fairly, like I never remember it skyrocketing in price because a lot of copies were out in the wild. Um, right. It probably did go down in price somewhat, right. but... Yeah. I imagine the same would happen, for example, if they ever released a, like, Mega Man Legends compilation that included the Misadventures of Tron Bon. I'm positive that the pricing for Misadventures of Tron Bon for the original game would drop from, like, I think it's currently, like, something like $500 down to at least 200 you know, 250 It would be significant just mm -hmm. because people would finally have access to that game outside of this discontinued PlayStation disc. Isn't Misadventure of Tronbon, though, available on digitally? Uh, Isn't it on the uh, PSN? For It might be let PS... Me, let me check. Oh, yeah. I think it is available on uh, PS Store. Misadventure... Oh, yeah. It's on PlayStation Classic. Oh, all right. Looks well, like it came out back in 2015 uh, or there 2014. So, yes. Sounds good. But, yes, also a good one. I'm still hoping I'm the next Mega Man collection I need is Battle Network Star Force or just Battle Network. I need that is the next uh, legacy collection yeah. I need desperately. Yeah. Those are like my favorite Mega Man games outside of the original, like the first four maybe sometimes 5x games battle network is my jam <laughs> so good. i'm so mad they never had a battle network uh um 3ds home screen theme oh. back when the 3ds was alive and well i know i love the ds touchscreen functionality of uh rock or um battle network 5 double team ds that right the features where you get like it turns your bottom screen basically into your net navi with Mega Man's chilling there and he'll talk to you. It was cool. I enjoyed that. <laughs> also, fun fact, I didn't realize this. The very last 3DS game ever produced was actually Persona Q2. Really? Yeah. I thought I had always thought it was gonna be some sort of shovelware that was trying to like get itself out in the market before it was too late. But uh, if I'm reading it correctly, the last published 3DS game was Persona Q2. That's a good game. Those games need Switch ports, man. They need to be less Persona and more Etrian Odyssey so I can properly enjoy them. <laughs> Not a Persona fan? 
Uh, I I love the aesthetic of Persona, but I have to be able to enjoy the mechanics of the game if I'm going to play through mm-hmm. it, and I'm not a fan of the Persona fusion mechanics. Okay. The idea of, of having to level up the monsters... <laughs> uh, Okay, people are going to call me a hypocrite because when you leveled up Pokemon, you didn't know what skills they were going to learn for several levels. But the idea that you had to level up your monsters, get their skills, fuse them away to create a new monster, and the new monster had their own skills that you didn't know what they were until they leveled up. And there were so many cases where, like, I would fuse two monsters together and I didn't understand or I didn't know that the new monster I created was a physical attacker, Mm. but the monster I had fused away was kind of my buffer debuffer for the team. So now all of a sudden I had a physical attacker with a very low MP pool that was supposed that had all of the buff and debuff skills for my team. And it's just, it it basically felt like I was scrapping and recreating my entire team from scratch every 10 or 20 levels and it was just super frustrating to not have any sort of cohesion of this is my dedicated healer this is my dedicated physical physical attacker because i had to figure out what the monster i created (laughs) even was supposed to be before i could i could make them efficient Mm -hmm. so i hear you those like and the very similar to what happens in the mainline (laughs) smt games but yeah there it's it's a lot of stuff to keep track of it's a a spreadsheet welcome experience it's good to keep right to keep something down but now let's say you have picked up your own copy or snagged the re the remaster by the way is going to be 29.99 on all platforms so there you go for that uh available digitally only in the west um but you can import it i don't know if other region like if the chinese or japanese version of crystal chronicles remastered has the english dub or language option i do not know but they are getting physical copies over there that you can import if you want. Uh, okay. But digital only in the West for twenty nine ninety nine on all platforms. So let's say you have picked up your copy of either the original GameCube release or this remastered version, and you would like some tips to help you out as you set out with your caravan. Well, we are here to help you with that as well. Sean, what advice or tips would you give brand new caravanners? Uh, the the first and foremost thing is extra in, uh, when you are given the choice of picking your artifacts uh, if you are offered the chance to get an extra inventory slot always go for that first over a stat boost um, first off uh, even the game recognizes them as valuable because often the inventory slots are either forced by the plot or you have to get a, have to get above a certain point threshold for it to even be an option I remember learning that there's pools of artifacts and what pool it's pulled from is actually based on your score at the end of the stage. So if you want the really strong artifacts, you have to actually adhere to the challenge that you're given on the stage and try to get as many points as possible. That's why a lot of people will try to go for the ones where you can technically earn like infinite points when it's like deal physical damage or something like that versus something that has a set number for example don't take damage you start with 300 and it decreases every time you fail the challenge um but if you have one like pick up items or deal damage you can add points and go higher than 300 so inventory slots are permanent they give you more options for bringing either healing items or uh materia or is it called magicite in the game i think okay uh, bringing Magicite, uh, and and that gives you more options for fusing together Magicite. Um, so definitely go for those first. 
Uh, like I mentioned, stage challenges, at least in the original, were chosen when you enter the stage. If you're playing single player and you get one you don't like, just leave and go back in. It'll take you maybe 60 seconds. And I, I feel like if you go into a stage that has a challenge that you actually are are happy about and want to do, it'll make playing the stage more enjoyable rather than going through one that's just frustrating you and be like, oh, damn it, I got hit again. Oh, come on. You mm -hmm. know, it's going to it's going to hurt your experience. Um, and most importantly, to defeat the waterfall crab, you have to hit it until it dies. Um, that's what I was that's, doing that's wrong. The best advice. That's what I was doing yep. wrong. I just whacked it yep. once and yep. hoped I showed it what a lot what? of a lot of people think if you just run around constantly that it'll eventually tire itself out. But um, it actually turns out that if you if you hit the crab, it will do massive damage. Um, and if you do that enough times, uh, eventually the damage will be too high and its HP will be too low and it won't, it won't attack you anymore. And I think that waterfall crab, the giant crab was based on real world events. If, if, yep. if I recall correctly as well. So that yep. I, I, I was at a waterfall once and I, I almost got attacked by a crab and I took that knowledge with me into the game and I said, what if I attack back and lo and behold, attacking the crab back actually eventually stopped it from attacking me so yeah there you go i remember you telling me this story because after you whack the crab and it you beat it you got an extra pocket on your uh on your shorts right i hope i hope they release that as its own dlc whack a crab that would be amazing that would be uh, that would help that would help people practice for when they need to actually whack the crab in the game and i think that will lead to better results when it comes to successfully yeah. whacking crabs funny enough there is actually a game out right now on steam no joke called fight crab where you oh fight yeah. crab yeah so where you whack crabs with lightsabers and various other things I feel like people who who uh, this is not an official sponsorship. I will not get any money if you buy this. But uh, you guys should let me know if you purchase Fight Crab and play it if it makes you better at defeating the Waterfall yeah. Crab. Let us know. Did Fight Crab help you beat the Waterfall Crab, or vice versa? You never. Know. Final Fantasy Crystal Crabicles. Crystal Crabicles. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna use my photoshop skills and i'm going to photoshop the crap out of that and make it when my grandfather was my grandfather's grandfather they would go out to the waterfall to destroy crabs to whack a crab to whack a crab uh. <laughs> could it be the sacred crab that's calling me to give it wax to walk to waterfalls carrying my club to bash it that was a beautiful shot it brought a tear to my eye it's game of the year just take my money now just take it i don't want my money i want crystal crabicles Crystal Cravicles. <laughs> All day, every day. Game of the decade. Signed, sealed, delivered. Uh, well, I have. N I don't have enough to. I don't have anything near as pro strat as Sean and his whacking crabs strategies. I just am suggesting that you try out all sorts of different magic combinations because you'll pick up the magic site and. Like, some spells like Fire or Faraga make sense. You just equip multiple Fire Magicites. But others like Haste, for example, can be a bit more confusing to you to kind of think up in your head. So just throw a bunch of Magicite together and see what you get. Uh, and Haste, by the way, is 
you fuse life and then two cure uh, match sites together to get haste. So there you go. I, I actually, I didn't like haste because it would throw off my timing for my basic <laughs> attack combo. I do like slow though, or or slow and stop, because mm -hmm. that that's just free damage. That's that's just yeah. So here you go. If when you go to whack a crab, don't cast haste because you can't whack as good. And don't cast haste on the crab because that would be bad. Yeah, then the crab will be whacking you, which is not what you want. Right. So there you go. He will be whacking you until you die. <laughs> then it will be uh. crappy crystal crabicles. Crystal crap crap crabicles. crabicles. Crab crappy crabicles. Crappy crystal crapicles. He'll hit you. He'll 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 hit you in your crystal clavicle. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we could take that for a whole other hour just making crab and crystal puns. I'm I'm already mentally imagining now. I pray it comes to PC and someone replaces all the player characters with crab models. All the crabs. Crabs fighting crabs. Crabs on crabs on crabs Oops, on crabs. On crabs. Crabs on crabs <laughs> on crabs on crabs. Yep. Well, Sean, we are on to one of my favorite parts of each episode, the monster or enemy of the week. What monster are you throwing uh, into the fray? It's the starter. It's the starter that I picked in Monster Crown, the Canite, uh, which is a, a wolf looking canine focused monster. Um, monster Crown came out into early access, I believe, either last week or about two weeks ago. And I've been involved on it with it for a couple different reasons. Uh, first is because uh, it's a monster taming game, mm -hmm. so of course I'm super addicted to it. I've streamed it before. Uh, it's a little ironic because I mentioned that I'm not a big fan of the Persona Fusion mechanics, and yet Monster Crown does have similar mechanics where the monsters learn their own level-up skills, but you fuse them together to create offspring um, that are able to learn the skills of, of the parents and also resemble the parents in a way. So I'm not sure why I'm more okay with it. I think it's because the monsters actually, I, I think they look cute or cool, mm -hmm. and because it reminds me more of Demikids versus Persona. Um, but I have told people uh, Monster Crown is, is a... It's the Pokemon Monster Collection game mechanic with the aesthetic of Demikids and the difficulty of Shin Megami Tensei. So it is worth checking out if you're a big fan of monster taming, and especially if you were a big Dragon Warrior Monsters kid, because uh, I know that the game dev grew up uh, extensively on Dragon Warrior Monsters, and there's a little bit of that influence there. Um, but it's also because I narrated the uh, early access reveal trailer for it, and it wasn't because I was reached out to by that per by the game dev. It was actually because I auditioned for it on Voice One Two Three, like like it was a strict. I'm a I'm a voice actor. Here's an audition. I'm gonna apply for it. It wasn't even like an indie student project sort of thing, and I got picked on Voice One Two Three to voice it. And then the game dev and I crossed paths later down the road. Oh wow, like, we were. Yeah, he was like, oh my god, I can't believe... I didn't even realize it at the time because when they sent me the, the final auditions for consideration, they'd removed all the names, so I didn't know who I was listening to, and I picked you, and then I found out that he was the voice of Rivali, and I was like, oh my god, the voice of Rivali is gonna narrate the trailer for my game. So we had this nice little fun, you know, mutual mm -hmm. geek-out moment because, well, I was excited about narrating for this because I saw the game trailer, and I was like, oh, monsters! Monster taming! Yeah, let's go! Um... 
so we we both got to have a nice little little starstruck moment of like appreciating each other's work. Oh, very cool. So and we also featured uh Monster Crown on July's RPG University syllabus as a game you should oh, be shoot. uh aware of because I had it. I'm I'm sorry for the overlap then. If I had known, I no. would have tried to pick something different. No, it it was basically the syllabus is just a look ahead on what game what RPGs are coming out that month. So it right. wasn't like a deep dive or anything, but it was. Well, I will tell people it's an early yeah. access, but since we were mentioning how Crystal Chronicles was super memorable for its music, yeah. uh, the battle theme for Monster Crown is pretty bopping. Yeah. Like, yeah, I recommend <laughs> it. It looks very cool. I'm very anxious to try it. And funny story, you mentioned Dev- Demi Kids. That was actually a Shin Megami Tensei game. Yep, it was. Uh, and, and I never got a chance to properly experience it because my only experience it with it was during high mm-hmm. school theater. Like, I, I would play it on the downtime in between. But th- this was also during the same era where I often still had access to Dragon Warrior monsters. But, I again, I think that's why I enjoyed yeah. Demi Kids more than Shin Megami Tensei was because the monsters oh, were yeah. cuter. Definitely. But, <laughs> yes, K-Knight... Uh, on the description of Knight, on mountaintops where Raptor does not roam, you're bound to find packs of Knight. The Alpha demands the lion's share of prey, and others are subservient. However, brute-type monsters have very little patience for being strong-armed. Sooner or later, a challenger will rise up. Unlike other pack animals, the victor is decided not after a desperate brawl, but in- instead a single vicious attack. Both K-Knight will stand facing each other and wait, carefully observing the other for an opening. When the pivot moment arrives, both will lunge at each other with a single attack, focusing all their power into one blow. The weaker K-Knight will not survive. This, this battle leaves the victor completely exhausted. However, if neither manages to destroy the other, both combatants are often torn apart and eaten by the collective group. This leads to pure chaos as fights break out across the pack to establish a new pecking order. Will K-Knight make your team? That's... What? Is that the entire, po- like, e- entry for that monster? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's dark. That was way longer. Than- I was like, I remember the in-game version, but, like, I was like, wow, that just keeps going. Holy, ho- oh, my God. That was a thing. But yeah, according to Monster Crown Wiki, that is the full description. That's okay. that's quite the uh, the all or nothing lupine, lupin. Uh. Good stuff. That is going to do it for this one-year anniversary episode of RPG University. Sean, thank you so much for coming back on and uh, nerding out with me again. This has been a blast as always. Thank you as always for making time for me, and uh, I hope I hope we'll get to play yeah. a couple stages together when it comes yeah. out. Yeah, uh, RPG University Live will be happening tonight, and Sean and I will be playing some levels and whatnot and having a good time, so be sure to stop by and share your own memories of this game. But where can people find you online? I know we touched on this a little earlier. Where can people find you online, Sean, that they can uh, perhaps get those um, sweet free copies of this wonderful game or just see what pa- awesome stuff? Passively passively would definitely be on Twitter because I still use Twitter actively. Um, actively would be <laughs> – okay. I still use Twitter consistently. Actively would be on my streams, which happen uh, – 
typically five days a week, Thursday through Monday, uh, starting at around 5 or 6 p.m. Pacific, um, correct? I will say Pacific time. Thank you. Um, I will say that I am a very, very busy person, so I do my best to interact with people during the streams. I'll do my best to answer you on Twitter, but other than that, like, most most of my days, I've got, like, scheduled stuff. So I'm either in a session, doing auditions, cutting audio, doing the stream. I don't have a lot of free time to just kind of jump into voice chat, so thank you for understanding that that I'm doing my best to interact with everyone while also making sure my clients need get what they need from me. He's got to make that money so that he can play Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles with all you. So that's how it works. All right. So, but thank you to those of you who have listened to the end. You've helped return light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform, as each one you leave will cause a leaf on the mana tree to bloom, helping restore the balance and saving the world. Plus, I just really appreciate it. If you have an RPG that you would like to talk about or join me to discuss, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with what game you would like to talk about and nerd out with me over. (laughs) And until next time, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed.